Hello, hello to the entire crew out there listening. Welcome back to KC's Conversations. I'm your host, Caitlin Cunningham, and today I am fired up to have value brought to us by Coach Sam Catorno. She is the coordinator of sports science for the Maryland football program. As Sam shares her journey, she discusses the importance of failure and the chance it creates to learn new skills. She also shares how to start with the problem when working with sports science. Her unique path is a testament that you can do whatever you want and get there however you need to. Get ready to enjoy all the insights Sam brings from her experiences. If you missed the scholarship announcement, check out my personal social media or kacunningham.com to enter a chance to win. And before we jump into our conversation, let's hear a quick word from our amazing sponsor. Team Builder is the strength and conditioning software for strength coaches and personal trainers. They provide you with the tools that you need to successfully write, run, and track programs for hundreds of athletes and clients. With subscriptions for every budget, all Team Builder users have access to custom programming, leaderboards that show live athlete data, and over 16 report options. Team Builder's commitment to supporting the strength and conditioning community led them to hire on a sports scientist. This means that Platinum Pro users have access to consultations with their sports scientists to help implement strategies for data collection and database management. With Team Builder, you can confidently present your data, report to sport coaches, and communicate with your staff and athletes. Interested in learning more about Team Builder? Check them out at teambuilder.com. That is T-E-A-M-B-U-I-L-D-R.com. You can learn more about how they can make a difference in your program or schedule a demo to see for yourself. All right, Sam, welcome. Please say hello to the crew and share what you're grateful for today. Hi, everybody. Sam Contorno. Um, I'm grateful for good lifting partners. Um, they've been kicking my ass all the last three months I've been at Maryland. I'm finally starting to feel good and PR some lifts, and it just helps to have my dudes there yes. yelling at me. So that's what I'm grateful Shout for Shout out to the dudes. That is the awesome. Dudes. Okay, so you're at Maryland. You're doing awesome things. Can you please let the listeners know where you're at, who you're working with? Obviously, I just kind of gave that away, but that's okay. We're going to let you say it again. And then any other specifics about your position that you think the listeners need to know? Yeah, so I am the coordinator of sports science for football at the University of Maryland. I got there about three months ago. So, you know, just thrown right into the fire. It's been awesome. Um, So this position is really cool. It's sports science only. Uh, We just started our sports science only internship this week. So it's starting with football only. The goal is to build it out to, you know, the whole athletics department. So, you know, we're rolling and and I'm really, really excited to be there. And it's been a great opportunity so far. Super cool. And for anyone listening, if you want to get in this world and do the sports science stuff, you need to reach out to Sam and get hooked up and hopefully maybe. And I talk potentially a lot. get a position. So. There you go. If you just want to talk, reach out to Sam. It'll be fun. You can have an awesome discussion. All right. So let's dive in and unpack how in the world you ended up at Maryland with football in sports science. So let's go way back. Let's start like from childhood. What were your experiences with sport growing up? Did you play them? Were you not involved in any way, shape or form? Or maybe you fell in love with them later on in life. What do you What do you got for us? How did this all start? Oh man, 
All right, let's see how far back and how long we want to go with this. So I am the most competitive human yes. in the entire world. I am the biggest tomboy in the entire world. I brushed my hair for you today, Kaylin, but this is this is a Hashtag rare winning. Um, yeah, so I was raised in the most sports-heavy New York sports fan family. Like, if I wasn't a Yankee fan or a Giants fan, like, I couldn't have lived in that household. So my dad basically raised me as, as his son, and... Um, you know, I played every single sport from the second, you know, I was like three years old playing T-ball um, through high school. And so, you know, softball was my was my main sport that I focused on. And the, the really interesting thing was like I had bad I had a bad coach in high school, bad high school coach. And by the time I got to college, I had offers, but I was completely burnt out. And so I decided to not play. I decided I just want to go to school and have fun and be a nerd and you know, I have no regrets in life, but like, that's always one that I'm like, man, like I should have played a sport in college. So it's like kind of ironic and it's come full circle that that's where I am now. So like really at the end of the day, it's not a regret because I ended up here sure. anyway. And so that, that's the start. That's me as a, as an athlete. And again, I'm the most competitive human of all time with, with everything. And so, you know, how I got into, strength and conditioning I don't I did not take the traditional path I got into this a lot later because I had stopped playing softball in college I had no idea what a strength coach was so I actually went through college wanting to go to med school mm -hmm. I wanted to be a brain surgeon and so my undergrad was molecular integrative neuroscience it sounds way nerdier and, and cooler than it, <laughs> than it was but uh, it wasn't until my last semester of college I you know I wanted to go to concerts more than I wanted to study for physics. So, you know, I don't know how the med school thing was going to work so well anyway. But uh, my last semester, I took an exercise science class as my gym requirement. And I remember sitting in the class and I'm like, this is this is cool. Like, this is really cool. And I had always been like, really into like what I ate and, you know, really into like lifting even like, but I had no idea what I was doing. And I remember being like, okay, like, this is cool. Cool. And that summer, I ended up interning with a doctor who treated solely with nutrition. Mm -hmm. And I remember asking her at the end of this, and I was like, listen, like, where did you learn all this? Like, where, where'd you learn how to treat people? And she's like, well, not med school. I was like, okay, well, where'd you go to med school? She was like, well, Hopkins. It's like, okay, so you went to Hopkins and you didn't learn anything? Like, I'm just very anti-establishment anyway. So I was like, I'm not going to school for eight years to come out and not even learn the stuff that is really, really helping people. And so basically I decided to do like a 180. I like started this um, minor at Binghamton in health and wellness studies, which was kind of like a mix of whatever like um, exercise science class I could take. They only had one, they had a nutrition class, they had um, anatomy physiology I had to take through the nursing department. So I really like have no formal education in exercise science. And after college, again, I didn't know, and my professors didn't know what a strength coach was. So they're like, hey, you know, if you're going to, um, I decided to get my master's in nutrition from this program that was very holistic and science-based. So it was more like biochemistry than dietetics. Mm. And my professors were like, you know, you should be a personal trainer on the side, you know, while you're doing this. And I'm like, okay, like, I sure, I'll figure out what that is. And so I was working at like a private gym. And then that eventually, like, you know, it, I knew it wasn't for me. I knew like the normal population wasn't for me. And I decided to work at a PT gym. Um, and so I would like shadow the PTs and do the PT assistant thing and, and kind of learn from them what they were doing and do this like strength coaching on the side. And, you know, I realized at some point, like, I'm just not nice enough to be a PT or a nutritionist. <laughs> 
Um, like I, and I hate feet. So like, just not, I was like, this isn't going to work. I, but I really don't know what I want to do. And just randomly one day, my brother calls me. And so my brother was a football coach at our old high school. He also like did like student assistant coaching at UConn. So again, I've been around football my whole life. My dad was a football coach. So he calls me one day. He's like, Hey, listen, like it's our old high school. Like our strength coach just quit. Like you have your certification. Like I know you're overqualified, like, you know, come interview for this. Like, it would be great. I'm like, okay. So I go interview for this, um, high school strength coach position. It's like, you know, like a $2,000 stipend position. It, it's, it's nothing. It's not serious. And I, I'm like, oh, I crushed that. I probably had no idea what I was talking about, but I thought I crushed it. And at the end of it, they're like, oh, you know, like, I just don't think you can handle it. Mm. And I was like, oh, excuse me. Like, you don't think I can handle it. And mind you, I'm like five foot one. I've always been undersized. I was undersized playing softball. Like I just live with like a permanent chip on my shoulder. So I was like, okay, cool. You don't think I can handle it? So I applied to every single internship program in the country, every football internship I could find. And I was so frustrated. I was like applying to like Ohio state where you like fill out the application, you click like send, and then it would immediately ping you back and be like, you have no D one weight experience. Like you can't intern. I'm like, are you kidding me? So I'll never forget. I go to apply to the UCLA uh, Olympic internship. And that time you had to send them a video and it was like, talk about your deadlift technique. And then like, tell us why you want to be a strength coach. And I'm on like, take like 18. And I'm like, I want to be a strength coach. He's like, I want to help people. I'm like, I'm like, okay. So I start the video and I go, okay, listen, I'm not going to talk about deadlift technique. I'm probably going to go over five minutes, but I just want to tell you that like, I'm going to be the best strength and conditioning coach, like in the entire fucking world. And you need to give me a chance because nobody's giving me a fucking chance. And I sent it in and I get like an email back and they're like, welcome to the UCLA internship. Um, and I pretty much, I got harassed my entire internship for that video, but what was really cool. I had no idea what I was getting into. Zero idea. I had never been to LA before. I just quit my job. I moved across the country. I had no idea. Like day one, they're like, here's a mop. I'm like, is this what I have to do? Like, I didn't, I had no, no concept of it. And so like, I owe so much to that internship because not only did they give me a chance, but it's so comprehensive. Mike Lynn runs an amazing program and it's so comprehensive that like, I feel like I got the exercise science education that I've never had. Um, so then I guess long story, it's still a long story. Yeah. We'll keep going. But long story at the end of that internship, I still had this like bug to work football. Um, and it just hadn't gone away. And so the Stanford internship, someone had done the UCLA and the Stanford internship. And so that's how I heard about it. And at that time, the internship was joined. It was Olympic and football. And the way it worked was you would compete in like certain like quizzes or competitions and whatever intern won the competition got to pick their sport. Oh. And so like me being the most psychotically competitive person in the universe was like, okay, I'm going to go to Stanford and I'm going to win this fucking internship. No one's going to have a chance. And they're not going to be able to tell me that I can't work with football. And so I do the Stanford internship. I win. Like I, the other interns like stop studying at some point. Cause they're like, this girl is a psycho. Like we're just gonna, whatever. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm thankful to Shannon Turley and the, and the staff there for like putting up with me. Cause there was no way I wasn't working football. Even like after a few months are like, Hey, you know, season's coming up. Like you're not really allowed in the locker room. So, you know, you're, you could be the lead intern, but like not really. I'm like, no, no, no. Like I'm still going to be the lead intern. Like it is what it is. And so 
you know, that ended up turning into a full-time job there. So 2017, 2018 season, you know, I was on staff there at Stanford as a strength and conditioning coach and, you know, amazing experience. And then if we want to kind of get into how the sports science role happened in 2019, our dietitian ended up leaving. And at the time, like the, the department was a little disorganized. And so we were like, okay, like Sam, like, you know, we need someone to do this now. Like, do you want to take it over? You have your master's in nutrition. And I was like, all right, like, let's roll, which was an awesome experience. I, I love nutrition, but that's just not like my passion to teach. But so I like, you know, I taught it as like structured and, and, and black and white and as like scientifically as possible. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't mm-hmm. soft. Uh, it was, you know, eat this, then eat this, then like, here are your rules. Here's what you could have. And, and from there, I just started to like mess around on Excel and like build out these like meal builders and, and start playing with formulas. And in the start of the 2019 season, you know, we had started like a wellness survey and we had gotten Atho shorts. And so they were like, okay, like here, nerd, like you like Excel, like you're doing all this data number shit. Like you take over these two products, uh, these two products. And so I was like, okay. And it was awesome. It was a complete disaster. Totally failed. Uh, did a million things wrong. Uh, did a million things on data collection wrong. Um, hated all my reports. Like it was just, it was the best possible experience because I understood what it was like to have data that I didn't use the way I wanted to use. So then start of the 2020 season, we get catapult and I get to build there again, they're like, you're nerd, all yours. <laughs> and so then I get to start to build that out. So obviously 2020 goes a little haywire. We end up getting force plates and Nord board, but somewhere in there, like our season gets canceled. It gets put back on. We end up having to go on the road for four weeks, but we had really, really dialed in our catapult. And so like, we felt really, really good about where we were at the end of year one. Um, we had done a lot more than we expected to do with it, but none of the other technology had really taken off just because we weren't around and started the 2021 season to Colin Carroll, the director. Now his credit he literally let me run with whatever I wanted to do with it from there. So we had catapult, we started to build out some um, force plate testing and some uh, Nord board testing. And we started to build out like protocols and interventions to go along with it. And that program is, is really, really return to play based. And so I was able to like quantify everything that we were doing in return to play. And that sort of snowballed into this like monster. Like we basically created a sports science monster. Mm-hmm. And again, like huge credit to that staff. They've pushed me so much and like everything I've like learned and, and, and done. Cause I'm, you know, I think the knock against me is that I'm relatively self-taught in this just cause I don't have my PhD, but, but you know, I, I have like the applied hands-on stuff that we were able to do and, and quantify and, and, you know, we, we do an intervention, we would do it for a quarter. We would see if it worked that it, like experience was invaluable. Mm-hmm. And so for the 2022 season, you know, I had a full-time assistant. I had, um, you know, we were going to start to roll out an internship program and it just so happened that I got, you know, connected with somebody that knew about this Maryland job that was like, Hey, you should just, you know, just check it out. And so from there, you know, that kind of had all the other pieces that I was looking for. I I wasn't on the strength staff anymore, even though I'm still super hands-on and I, you know, I coach things all the time, but, um, you know, it, it allowed me to spend all the time that I wanted to do building the whole department, not just the football department. Now I get to do all of that. So I, I get to, you know, build out everything with nutrition, with our, our video department, with academics. So there's just all those other pieces that I was missing to get to build out at Stanford is now what I get to build out at Maryland. And so like, you know, that experience set me up really nicely for, for this next role. And it's been awesome. And so I have no idea how I got here. 
at the end of five minutes of me well, talking about how I got here. You got there by basically failing and just continuing to take a chance to learn new skills, right? Like at the end of the day. It's like my left hand. Yeah, like well, just, just fail and yeah, well, clean it. If, yeah. For everyone listening, uh, today Sam posted on Instagram. Yes, is that the correct platform I'm speaking yeah. on? The correct platform. Mm-hmm. Um, of her failing a power clean rep and then she just lays on the ground and is literally like, I don't know how I got here. And I'm laughing That's while it. I watch That's, it. It's my life. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay, num. If I'm just known as the girl who fails lifts on Instagram, like that's all I need. <laughs> that's not what you're going to be known for. So that's we're just going to put it. That's it. You know what? We're going to put it that. out in the universe right now. That's not what you're going to be known for. <laughs> um, number one, I absolutely love your video internship application to UCLA because I'm going to tell you right now, working basketball at Clemson, we did an internship. We made them do a video we told them is 60 seconds maximum just tell us why you think you're the best fit for this this internship and i cannot explain to you the amount of boring 60 second videos i mean we had people with i swear they had a dip in their mouth like cans of it behind them on the shelf listen I mean, I don't care like what you do outside of work, but don't put it in the video that you're applying. Maybe like, not a job interview, buddy. So, whatever. I digress. But I, we used to count. We used to watch them back and count how many times it said "passionate." Mm. That's my that's my favorite word in, in yeah. interviews. I'm passionate, and I say it. I'm guilty, but that was our like one. Yeah. Drink. Sure. So, you know, like, I love your video. If I would have received that, I would literally look at Mike Bewley, the gentleman that I was hiring people with, and be like, she's hired. Like, I don't care what you say, she's yeah, coming. I think they were like, she's kind of scary, but like, Yeah, sure. but like, shouldn't say not, that one. not everyone has that fire, right? Like, you're going to get the people who are just like, oh, I should be an intern. Like, no. Like, have some shit about I you. Tried. Like, come on. So... Number one, I love that. Uh, number two, I hope all of our listeners took away the that you just kept failing and you just kept collecting more data and you might not have known what to do with it, but you were just going to keep collecting it because at some point something's going to come along and now look, you've done amazing things at Stanford and it's led to a position now where you get to do even cooler things. Well, I don't know cooler is the right word, but you know what I'm saying. You get to do awesome things uh, with Maryland and with their football program. So the other thing, let the haters fuel you. Oh, I love it. I live with a chip on my shoulder. That's what happens when you're a female working in football. You know, let's just keep doing that. So, okay, being a a female working in football, like, it's a different world. We just had a school here visiting us and... They literally were like, what's it like being a female working football? And I'm like, guys, I'm coaching athletes. Like, let's call a duck a duck. I am a female working with football. You are a male working with female sports. So w- what's the difference here, kids? And it got real quiet. Nothing. <laughs> so, I mean, any thoughts on that? I mean, you don't have to go down a huge rabbit hole, but like... I just think it's getting a little like it's a little out of control right now in this world. Yeah. So 
Yeah. I've been in football for the last six yeah. years. Um, and I've sort of seen like the, you know, the popularity of females in football, like growing. I went to the 2018 um, NFL Women's mm-hmm. Clinic. And I, this is probably an unpopular opinion. I'm like, I'm not the most like vocal in terms of like supporting females in football. Not that I'm not supportive of females in football, but I'm not vocal about it. Like I'm not, my goal in my career isn't necessarily to prove to females that they can work in football. And I think that's what's helped me because my goal is to be the Mm -hmm. best male, female. Doesn't matter. I don't care what role you're in. I don't care what gender you are. I'm going to be better. That's just, that's just how I approach everything that I do. Again, I'm the most competitive person of all time. And I think, you know, I never just wanted to work in football to be like, Hey, cool. I worked in football. Like it's time to move on. It's like, no, no, no. I was raised on a football field. Like this is my sport. Like I don't want to work in softball. Like, yeah, it's my sport too. But like, this was the sport that I was dragged to at all ages. I had to sit on the couch and listen to my dad (laughs) talk about, you know, everything. Like I, I know football, like I didn't play it. I played it when I was eight. That doesn't count, but I, you know, that's my sport and that's my personality. You know, I, I'm, I fit in with that world. I've, I've seen too many interns, male and female, who haven't made it in football. It's a, it's a personality type. You either can handle that type of environment mm-hmm. or you can't. And and if I'm going to be the best, like I want to work in the sport that has the highest stakes. Sure. And so I'm not going to be the person out there saying like, hey, like I think it's great that females are working in football. I think I, you know, I want to, you know, I want to be everyone's motivation. It's like no, I want no one to know who I am. <laughs> I love when people are like, wait, you work in football? Oh, the Sam on your staff is a girl? Like, that's what I've wanted. I don't want anyone to know who I am because I'm the girl Ryan on the Davis staff. is going to kick your ass to know who if I he am. hears this. I know. He's going to kick your I know ass. He is. We've talked about this multiple <laughs> times. I want I want him. I want, I want to be, oh, shit, you have the best fucking sports scientist in the country yeah. on your staff. And I told him that in my interview. Sure. And he's like, well, too bad. We're going to pub you. And I'm like, fine, fine. Okay. Just let the pub happen. But Him and I had this discussion okay. at the CSCCA. So that's how I'm... About me and my inability not, to... No, 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 no. Just about female? like... Because I'm the same as you. I told... Okay. I told uh, <laughs> my counterpart here, the head football strength coach, like, Jeff, don't... I don't want any videos. Like, I don't want the... We have a female on staff. Like, that's not why I'm here. And you know that's not why I'm here. You hired me because I was the best candidate for the position. So let's again keep shit real. You know, like yeah. And I so I was mic'd up at a practice uh one day, and my interns were like, "We've never seen you look this stressed out." And I'm like, "I am so stressed out." (laughs) I actually so when I left Stanford, I thanked David Shaw for like never making it a big deal that I was a female. Like that was my like last thing to him. I was like, "Hey, just like." Thanks for never caring. Yeah. Like you guys never cared. Nobody ever cared. Um, you know, at some point, my my favorite was like when my staff would be like, "Oh yeah, like you're we forget you're a girl," or like the football players would be like, "Oh, it's camp. Like we haven't seen a girl in like six weeks." And it's like perfect. Love that. Yeah, you are right. You happened. But it's funny. The guys on our staff. Hey, coach, we got like all right, guys. We got to go get the GPS now after games. And I'm like, guys, I I can't go into the yeah, locker room. Someone else go in there. <laughs> like. 
which is sounds like the worst job of all time. So I'm perfectly yeah, fine like, with that. I can't go in there, guys. I'm going to see some stuff that I mean, like I, that's just not. You're going to get me in trouble. Like, yeah, you're not like, allowed. No. Mm-mm. It's actually the best excuse of all time. It's like you, you know, yeah. you go get those. Thanks, yeah. thanks, guys. Exactly. Okay, so obviously that's an obstacle that uh, you and I and many other women uh, in the world of strength and conditioning have have had to overcome. And uh, I think the advice that I heard you give is just be yourself and be the freaking best. Like it, that's don't let that play into. I mean, don't make it a bigger obstacle than it necessarily needs to be, right? Like, it really shouldn't be an obstacle anyways. Um, Yeah, and I think, like, if I had any advice, it's, like, authenticity is, like, the most important thing to me. And, again, like, that's why, like, again, all I want to be known as is the girl who fails lifting videos. Because, like, I'm not going to post, you know, and it's funny when I got, when I found out about this Maryland job, the person I was talking to was like, I didn't even know you did sports science. It's like, yeah, because I'm not, like, I'm not not putting it out there. If you want to come talk to me, I will talk all day about all the stuff I do. We could talk shop about any sure. you want. But but the stuff I put out there, it's like if I'm going to try to motivate anyone to do anything, it's just like put like be yourself yeah. because that's the only thing that's going to help you. Because if you're not authentic, the players see through that, you know, your coworkers see through that. It's like I am the same person who's laying on the floor throwing a hissy fit after I miss a lift all the, like that's me all sure. the time. I'm, I'm constantly chasing perfection. I, I, I'm constantly in pursuit of, you know, my life philosophy. And, and so, you know, I think authenticity is, is the most important thing. And with the internet and our field and all this stuff, I think that gets so lost sometimes. Mm -hmm. And listen, I'm the first person to love scrolling through Twitter. I learn everything from Twitter, but like, you know, I appreciate the people who do it in a way where it's still them. Sure. And then not just trying to pick a fight because that's yeah. not getting us anywhere either. No, it's so, not. People, be yourself and continue to fail because I feel like we're going to keep talking about failing. So we're just going to keep making that's that a point. Fine. Failing is like the thing that I'm most afraid of but love the most. <laughs> it's a double-edged sword. This is awesome but also terrible all at the same time. All right. So you've mentioned a couple people you know, along your path. Who are the people in your life that have made the biggest impact on you, whether it's personal or professional? And what are some things that they taught you? Like, what are things you've taken away from them that you now apply on the daily? Yeah. So in terms of like my mentors, like the really cool thing about sports science is I don't really have any. Like I definitely. okay. so I've I've. The UCLA staff was amazing and, and Joe and Casey and, and Mike Lynn, like they were a huge part of my development. And then, you know, going to Stanford and working for Shannon Turley and Colin Carroll, like also huge, huge parts of my development. And I can't say enough about that stuff there and how like they let me explore and argue with them and ask questions. And but the, the really cool thing about sports science is like we are all so young in this field and there are so few of us, especially at like the collegiate level like this is within the last five years I mean we didn't have anything at Stanford prior to 2020 and so the people that like I lean on the most are my colleagues Mm. and I think that's the really cool thing about sports science too is like there's no ego because none of us know what we're doing and if a sports scientist tells me that they know what they're doing and they figured it out like I don't trust (laughs) them and so 
because we're because it's so new and we're and if listen if someone knew the answer to being better at their sport or not getting injured that person would be making billions of dollars so the fact that like anybody thinks they know anything like we don't know anything we're trying to figure it out we're getting closer we're checking some things off the list but we don't really know and so i am i will cold call i will you know email i will text i i have no problem reaching out if i want to learn something from someone and so i feel like the people who have mentored me the most are really my colleagues and and you know their willingness to talk about what they're doing and and share and i don't know if strength and conditioning is like that as much as sports science is like that because we kind of have to be we don't like there aren't camps to sports science yet there aren't differing opinions they're all people sort of falling in the same direction and so you know i've taken the most from really like just conversations with colleagues what are you doing what do you do about this like you can read it you can read research but like until you you hear about problems other people have had like we're all kind of we're on the front lines and so like i feel like it's super important for like the you know this kind of cohort of sports scientists now at the collegiate level to like be okay talking to each other and 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 we are, and I feel like that's been the coolest yeah. thing. Well, I think that can go strength and conditioning, sports science. Like, just be willing to share. Who cares? And yeah. if you're wrong, you're wrong. Like, good. Better. Let's, you know, like, let's have a, a conversation about it, and then let's see how we can help make you better, and you're making me better, because I got to know if you're right or you're wrong, or how we're going to fix it, or how we're going to make it better, whatever. I mean, whatever the case may be, right? So... I mean, yeah, I think for everyone out there listening, just be willing to share and and do it with everyone. I mean, don't don't withhold information because you're not reinventing the wheel. There's really nothing that people know. And if we don't know, <laughs> yeah. like, we, like if, again, if we knew if we knew how to be how to make people amazing at their sport, somebody would be paid a yeah. lot of money to do that. If someone can figure out hamstring injuries, someone would be paid a lot of money to do that. So it's not like any of us have the sure. secret. There's no secrets out here. Okay, so you being in a unique position, you know, you're in the strength and conditioning world, you're in the sports science world, you have all this awesome data. If you were to go back to when this kind of all first started, what advice would you give to someone who's doing that now? Like, let's say, you know, here at at Kent State, we don't have a sports scientist. Obviously, we're not going to hire one. There's probably no chance in hell from a financial standpoint that's even feasible. So if it's me, right, like I am collecting GPS, GPS data, like where in the world would you tell me to start or like what should I do? How in the world do I do that? Yeah, so I think the biggest issue in sports science right now is that we link sports science and technology mm-hmm. because I don't think they matter. And I, you could be a sports scientist and have zero technology. And I would always start with the problem Mm. because when you're given a piece of tech, when you're given, you know, a solution or like, Hey, here, let's try this tech. Oh, we want this tech. Everybody else has this tech or, you know, we want to implement this because it seems cool. That's the solution. You don't even know what your problem is. So it's like, what is your problem? Mm. And we overlook the fact that like we have body weight data. Everyone has it. Like that's data. That's like, that's sports yeah. science. Like track that. So it, it, it's really, people are like thinking outside. Like when they think about, Oh, how do we start sports science? They're looking at these, like, Oh, I don't have a 1080. I could never sprint profile. It's like, bro, everyone in the country has lasers. We have stopwatches. You have a pen, you have a pen and a stopwatch. <laughs> You're a sports scientist. Uh, 
And so it's like, okay, you want to get the team faster? All right, test test this with your hand time and write it down. And then in six weeks after you do some shit, test but it Sam, again. Holy shit, that's But science. Sam, the stopwatch is not as accurate. Cool. Like, is the t- I just broke my 1080 today. Like, the fucking cord got stuck. <laughs> So like great. But if you always do it the same way, then what does it matter, right? So if I always do it with a stopwatch, I can see improvement or I can see Absolutely. Okay. So there we go. Yeah. So find your problem. What's your problem? And then figure out some way to write it down. Start with the problem. If I had no tech tomorrow, if I had zero tech tomorrow, I would ask for RPE scores and I would like time how long it took them to fall out of a Nordic roll. And that's not my idea. That's someone else's idea, but like, sure. still, those are the two things I would do. There you go, people. You guys heard it here first. So cool. you don't have technology. Start with your problem. What's your problem? And then, then let's work backwards. And that's science. They just gave me like a fancy title. I don't know. <laughs> You're just really smart and you like to nerd out. So I just someone has to make the Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> Oh man. All right, let's uh let's switch gears here. Let's go. Could you give us a book that has positively shaped you? It could be Oh yeah. Either like something you've actually physically read mm-hmm. or you could we can go the audible route as well if you're more of a an audible person. Um okay, so I have this tattoo on my ri- on yes, my forearm. Tattoos. This is this is this is water and it's a it's a book slash audiobook slash graduation speech Ooh. by David Foster Wallace. Um, who's one of my favorite authors and it's just this he gives this like kind of you know off I don't know how to describe it but it's not the typical graduation speech a little bit of a rebellious graduation speech and he's amazing with words and amazing with descriptive phrases and it, it talks it gives me perspective it's one of those things that I can listen to and helps me sort of reset and and not stress myself out i listen to it when i'm like you know just super stressed about everything that's going on i'll throw it on it's like 20 minutes and it's just about like resetting perspective and just like reframing how i think and i tattooed it on me because i don't always have time to listen to a 26 minute youtube video so it's it's my reminder so this is my favorite book of all time um if we're gonna go more like applicable to sports science routes i try not to read strength and conditioning stuff so ego is the Mm. enemy is one of my favorites by ryan holiday uh sapiens um is another one uh relentless Mm. the book by tim grover i think it's like it's one of those books that some people think is cheesy but if you're like a psycho competitor like it kind of you're kind of like i get this it's one of those books that you either kind of get or you don't get and so that's one that like if i feel like running through a wall like i'll I'll read like a chapter of that um yeah this is water again i I try to like stay away from um try to stay away from strength conditioning i read a lot of like psychology or biology or um you know with my master or my excuse me my undergrad like i was super into like evolutionary biology when i graduated so like i went on this whole nerd kick so super weird but way smarter nerdier than me because that would be like even you saying the words i'm just like woo, way over my head kids just nerd well this is water is going to go on the list and i am going to listen to it 
and then I'm going to get back to you because I feel like that's going to be... I'm excited. I get mixed reviews. Some people are like, I didn't get it. And some people are like, that was fucking cool. (laughs) So... I have no judgment either well, way. If I don't get it, I'm not going to tell you that I actually listened to it. So we're just going <laughs> to leave that out. Um, Perfect. Okay. So tell the listeners something interesting about yourself that most people listening wouldn't know. Okay. So I'm a choir nerd. Uh, I was in choir like through college. And so in 2021, my like goal was to teach myself guitar. And so that I did it. I don't know if I'm good, but I, I can play some things, uh, so that, that people probably don't know that that. one. I am not musically inclined in any way, shape or form. So power to you. I did play the cello. Oh, see, that's way cooler. But that thing was freaking massive. And I was like, nah, I'll do choir. That's fair. Um, all right. Next one, a call to action something that strength and conditioning coaches sports scientists can do after listening to our conversation today oh that's a good one um you know i think that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier like i just want people to like be okay being wrong like again we don't know we have no idea how to train athletes we do we're getting closer we think we do but we don't we, we really don't know what metrics what exercises what helps you win games and there's a quote, it's in a show and it says, um, they're not my truths. They belong to science. Mm. And it's something that I, I think about. And, you know, if you told me that putting a bat on your forehead and spinning around in circles was the best way to train a football player, like if that, if science came out and said, Hey, this is, this leads to wins, be like, sure. That's Let's what do we're it. doing. Like, I have no ego attached to any exercise, to any drill, to any philosophy. And I don't care. We want, we're we here to win football games. That's what we all want mm-hmm. to do. And too many people are sure they know how to do that. And again, if you were sure, if you were right, if you were the person who figured this out, you'd be making billions of dollars. But nobody yeah. is humans are too complex sports are too complex for us to say that we know like x is going to make you win football games and so i just wish our whole field as a whole would be more okay being wrong because it's gonna take people running through the wall first the first the first one through the wall is the bloodiest it's gonna take the people who are i am gonna confidently go in this direction and i might be right i might not be but i'm willing to Mm -hmm. figure it out and so i just i just wish as a whole, that's where we went. Listeners. Fail. Let's all fail. Go get bloody. Back to the theme. Like, I didn't think like the theme of my life would be failure. I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, I don't feel like it's like the theme of your life. <laughs> I think it's... It's like my word, failure. And I, I love that. Of course it is. Yeah, I mean... You gotta fail. But isn't, isn't that out? where like all your growth is gonna come from? Because like you're gonna fail and then you're gonna actually Absolutely. have... Now, here's the thing. You're going to fail and you're also going to try and learn from it. So then therein lies where the growth occurs. There might be other people in the world that's, that's yeah, the that aren't, they're going to take that failure and go lay on the ground and never get up. So yeah. you're, but you know, you take it, you take a few seconds, you figure out why you missed the clean, you stand back up. Yeah. I hope everyone listening, they're not going to be able to go watch it though. That's the problem. Cause it's on your story. Do I have to like, do I have to like highlight? Well, you're going to, you're going to post another one at some point. So. It, right, it'll be yeah, yeah. 
give it like another 36 hours <laughs> and I'm, or something I'll fail tomorrow. Oh my gosh. Listen, all the listeners, you guys need to go out there. You need to get bloody. It's okay to be wrong and we need to lean into it. Because the more that we do that, I think the more that our profession is going to continue to move forward. So, all right. Uh, this is the fun part for me. We're going to do some rapid fire questions. They are not even related. <sighs> this is going to be fun okay. with you because you're on point right. already. And I love every second of this. I'm say some weird shit. Yep. All right. Love that. If you're not doing what you were doing today, like what would you want to do with your life? I'd be a fucking rock star. <laughs> yes. <laughs> love it. Or a brain surgeon. Oh, okay. Rockstar is the first one. All right, Rockstar. I just need to get then better guitar. Brain surgeon. Perfect. Um, yeah. What would be your go-to show if you turn the TV on right now? What would you want to go watch? Super embarrassing, but I've been on a Kardashians kick. And I will 100% admit it. 100%. The new episode's on. I have to watch the new episode there, from this There week. you go. Kardashians it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Usually I watch like creepy shit that no one else wants to watch, but I'm like, this is my pop okay. culture. Um, have you watched Candy? It's a series on Netflix. No, okay, I haven't. I, Do I have well, to? Okay, I've watched a couple episodes, and it's there's like some creepy, like what is going on right now? So, did you see Our Father? No. That creepy documentary. So I okay. need to go watch Our Father. I've, I'm on the. I'm trying to get off the murder <laughs> mystery. <laughs> And and on to the Kardashians okay, right well, now. So. Stay on the Kardashians. Also, are you a podcast okay. listener? Have uh, yes. you ever listened to Up and Vanished? You know what? I think I have. There, there's a new season. Well, I don't know how new the season is. It was new to me. Okay. But I just finished it this morning on my bike ride, and it was really good. So if you haven't listened to it, okay, Up and Vanished. Go listen to that. Super creepy. Added. Creepy. Um, okay, a hobby outside of strength and conditioning sports science like what do you do besides lifting lifting is not the answer you can't say i train it's embarrassing it's not embarrassing i play guitar i read i'm a big reader big guitar player i like to write like i have a a note in my ipad that i just i like write my thoughts have you ever published that in any way shape or form like website nothing it's just like a diary god no basically yes a journal yeah let's see i don't do don't. anything else i go to the occasional sporting event i play guitar so maybe one day on instagram you'll post a video of you playing guitar because why never zero chance zero chance unless i'm drunk at karaoke <laughs> like that's it <laughs> unless someone else posts a video of me drunk singing probably an amy winehouse song i think wait hold on i think if your life motto is gonna be failure i think and i hope all the listeners get on your ass <laughs> setting a low bar setting a low bar for my guitar playing ability okay but like <laughs> it could be a 10 second clip and it could be you with like you hit three great notes and then the fourth one is just kabam the world is ending and you stop the video Okay. Think about it. Uh, If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Fly. Mm -hmm. Love that. DC traffic, San Francisco traffic. (laughs) Woo! Just right over the top. You're good. Yeah. Good to go. Yeah. Listen, this conversation has been freaking amazing. I absolutely loved hearing your story and learning more about your experiences. I hope that our entire crew listening can take away let the haters fuel you fail take a chance to learn new skills be authentic be willing to share with others 
fail, fail, fail. It's okay to be wrong. Where can that's great? That's, yeah, that's, that's just like there you go. This that. is this is what we talked about today, and I hope everyone listening gets better because of it. Because we all need to be better. Where can the listeners go to find out more about you or contact you with any questions? Um, I'm the most active on Instagram. That is my only like actual social media. Sam Contorno um, for all of your lifting fail <laughs> videos. Maybe guitar. You never know. We might see one. Maybe one day. <sighs> Probably not. Okay. But yeah, well, sure. You tried mm-hmm. to whisper that so that it mm-hmm. wouldn't come up on the audio, and I'm gonna get that. It's right. I'm gonna up right. the volume on that part of the the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Instagram best place to reach you. I'm gonna put your instagram handle in the show notes thank you so much for joining me today it is thank you so much freaking awesome to awesome. have you on and i hope ryan davis listens to it and then kicks your ass after he hears that part. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well yeah just uh, another day in you the know life. what you gotta have a few ass kickings right yeah awesome. well thanks again thank yeah. you so much Caitlin. it's been awesome to have you on casey's conversations is produced by me Be sure to rate, review, and follow the podcast wherever you choose to listen. If you like this episode or the podcast in general, be sure to rate and review it. If you aren't a fan, don't worry about it. 